Hello and welcome to another TV Central podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. There's been some great chats as of late. We recently had a chat with Chief Programming Officer at 10, David Mott, and Head of ABC Television, Kim Dalton. Today we shift our attention to the Seven Network, Director of Television and Production at Seven, Tim Warner, is here with us, literally hours before taking annual leave, and I extend my thanks from the beginning for taking the time to chat. Tim, welcome and thanks for joining me at TV Central. Uh, no problems. Thanks. All right, well, let's jump straight in. Um, Nine have tried to up their game this year, but it's been a great year for Seven. Seven continue to be the number one broadcaster in 2010 on primary channels and even on combined channel shares. Seven has won more weeks and more nights in prime time on primary channels year to date. Tell us about those results and what you attribute Seven's continued success. Um, Look, I guess we just uh, keep battling away at it. it's funny, you work hard to get to a leadership position and then once you're there, it gets um, a little bit harder staying there. But we've managed to do that for the last few years and, yeah, we just keep working away at it and um, not really worrying too much about what others are doing around us, just setting our course and um, sticking with it. Yeah, well, I do want to talk about some of um, Seven's results this year, but the first thing, this is, has to be probably the biggest question for you. Who's going to win the grand final this weekend? <laughs> Where's the money uh, going on? I Look, I think Collingwood are looking absolutely invincible. I think they're calling their brand of football mixed creed. Um, now, because Malthouse has got them you know, going like a machine. Mm. However, um, you know, St Kilda are there and anything can happen. And I noticed that in the Waffle Grand Final last week, Claremont were unbackable hot favourites and Swan Districts rolled Mm. them in the very last minute. So anything can happen. I'll certainly be barracking for St Kilda because uh, like a lot of people, Collingwood are somewhere near the bottom of my list of uh, favoured AFL teams. Mm. And so, who is your favourite in the AFL? You're a Perth boy, with a. I am a Perth boy, but I'm a Swans man oh. because I like to be able to take uh, my boys to see oh. uh, their team play. And um, I've been living over here for sort of over 20 years now, and yeah, I've um, been a Swans man for quite a while. All right, well, I'm putting Collingwood 32 points. Now, I understand the um, the game is being shot in high definition and 3D. Can you tell us how people can access the game 3D? Uh, well, you'd need a 3D television to uh, see it in um, 3D. Well, the other way is that I think Roadshow Films are um, uh, showing it in various theatres across the, the uh, country in 3D. All right, and in relation to accessing the game on various platforms, it can be seen on analog, digital, and on the HD channel. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, it will be uh, broadcast on the HD channel, and then later on that channel, later on in that day, that channel becomes seven main. Yes, and just quickly, AFL Grand Final coverage: 10:15 a.m. in Perth, 11:45 a.m. in Adelaide, and. 12.15 Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. Now, yes, on to what you're talking about. 6pm on Grand Final Day, the HD channel becomes the home of Seven Mate. Now, um, tell us about the origin of the channel. Is that a, um, a Warner brain idea, the old the Seven Mate idea, and um, or who came up with the concept? 
Um, I don't know. I mean, look, we're a team here. That's the way we operate. And really, it's been a team effort to get um, that channel to where it is today, which is, you know, not that far away from launching. Um, but the team here, um, you know, in design, in promos, in publicity, in programming, have done a tremendous job to take it from uh, where it was, which was just a sort of a, a notion uh, a few months ago, to becoming a fully-fledged um, channel. Um, so, yeah, as, as to the origin of it, um, you know, I, I guess there were various options. I think it has been reported, um, you know, that we certainly registered the name uh, Mate quite a long time ago. But it was one of a number of options. Um, you know, I mean, obviously you can go down the movie path, you can go down a, um, a crime path. There are any number of um, options that you can take. Why we went for a mail channel is just looking around the world at um, various markets. Um, you know, the track record of mail channels is quite strong. But not so much that. Um, just in the fireside chats that we had with big advertisers prior to announcing Seven Mate, it was obvious that um, there was a hunger for a mail channel. We believe there is a gap in the market and that um, we can fill that gap. And that's a gap for viewers, um, male, young male viewers, and also a gap for advertisers who want to reach young male viewers. They would probably be considered the most elusive demographic. And because they are the most elusive demographic, they're the most precious and therefore the most valuable. So why wouldn't we set up a channel that is designed to attract them? We know a fair bit about uh, young males in terms of their media consumption. Um, you know, they're probably the lightest viewers of television. Um, they would come into television for sort of one show. It might be Family Guy on the main channel and then leave again, or they might stay for American Dad after it and then leave again. Yeah. Uh, we know they don't read many magazines other than probably... Uh, men's Health or Tracks or a few sort of sports magazines. Um, we know that they go to the movies a, a fair bit. And we know, of course, that they go um, online quite regularly. Mm. However, once they're online, they tend to wander around a lot. And again, that contributes to this um, elusiveness. They're very hard to reach, very hard to hit with a, um, a, a message. So what we are um, doing with Seven Mate is creating not just a brand, um, but also a destination, a, a place where they can go and hopefully a brand to which they can become loyal. Um, and hopefully once we get them there, we can keep them there. Um, you know, the idea is to aggregate these uh, young males uh, in the one place. And if we're able to, to pull that off, it's certainly going to be something that is um, attractive to advertisers. It already has been attractive to uh, advertisers. Um, you know, a lot of people, as soon as we announced the channel, um, were on the phone straight away trying to uh, find out, you know, what they could do to get their brand um, snuggling up to the Seven Mate brand. Mm.
Well, so, some of those um, shows that are coming for people that are listening, you did mention Family Guy and American Dad, which uh, new episodes Wednesday night. Um, and I think there's some repeats on other nights of the week as well. Uh, Last Comic Standing, Crank Yankers, Monster Garage, Fifth Gear, uh, Punked, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Caprica, Warehouse 13, Gene uh, Simmons' uh, Family Jewels. So there's some of the titles there. Now, on some nights, like, uh, for example, Saturday nights on 7-2, you've achieved um, over a 7% share, uh, audience share. So what expectations do you have as 7Mate in terms of audience ratings? And, and also, when the analog switch-off actually happens, do you see these channels increasing sharply, or, or do you still think that the main channel is the main game? Well, the main channel will always be the main game. There is absolutely no question about that. The big red train, that big red seven, will always be uh, the primary concern. It will always be the primary channel. However, as you've you know sort of said there, on some nights, Saturdays for seven two, uh, you know we're seeing very big shares, shares in some cases that are bigger than um, some of the other networks' primary channels. Um, do I see that sort of a situation happening every night of the week? No, I don't. Um, you know, I think it's going to become increasingly about the quality of the audience on these digital channels and not so much the quantity of them. Mm. Um, and uh, Just an interesting trend with Channel 10 announcing their new channel, Channel 11, is that their stance basically or their tagline is what stays on 11 remains on 11. Now, Go quite often use their popular shows for reruns like Big Bang Theory and Top Gear and Two and a Half Men that's just playing everywhere. Seven, not so much doing that, but they are um, using some of their older shows um, on both channels. For example, Scrubs can be seen on uh, both Seven and Seven Two, and uh, possibly Seven Mate as well. Uh, do you have any clear policy going forward like Eleven, such as what plays on Seven Mate stays on Mate, or is it a program by program basis on? on where, where shows stay or if they're on both two channels or three channels? Yeah, look, I, wouldn't, I, I don't think we have any hard and fast rules like that, that's for sure. There are probably guidelines. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to see a situation at seven like a Top Gear or a Big Bang or a Two and a Half Men where you know, Top Gear, I think, is up to over 100 episodes broadcast uh, this year. Uh, two and a half men, I think, is over 250 episodes, uh, maybe more. Um, you're not going to see that sort of thing. But having said that, I think there will definitely be cases where you will see a show that is on the primary channel uh, and is also on either 7-2 or 7-mate. Um, but, yeah, more of a guideline and certainly not a hard and fast rule. Excellent. Uh, any other titles that you want to mention coming to Seven Mate, uh, uh, um, apart from what's already been announced? Uh, we're looking at a bunch of stuff now and, um, and heading over to uh, Cannes in the next few weeks. Um, so, you know, it's likely that there will be some new titles. Jersey Shore uh, will right. certainly be coming to Seven Mate next year. Um, and, yeah, you can stand by for a couple of other announcements. All right. Well, Seven Mate launches this Saturday night um, after the grand final, 6 p.m. 
Just uh, just one or two questions about seven two. Um, now this is just an observation, but it, but I'm just asking: Has seven two lost its identity, or did it need to change because of seven mate? Where I'm coming from is um, uh, seven two started off with the theme nights, action nights, comedy nights, girls nights, guys nights, but now they're sort of playing a lot of British stuff. Uh, you got kids movies on Thursday nights, then sort of a random mix on Tuesdays. So I guess the question is, what is 7-2? Well, we've always been pretty clear that 7-2 um, is, is an alternative to 7, and that's the way um, we set it up. And, you know, I don't think we've departed too much from that uh, guideline, even though, as you say, there is a fair bit of British drama on there. The reason we're playing more of it is because viewers are showing they want it. I mean, the British dramas are drawing a very big audience on 7-2. And again, it's this quality audience. I mean, um, the detractors of the audience will say, oh, they're just all old. But in fact, A, they're not all that old. Um, and B, um, you know, there are a lot of high income earners amongst that audience. It's a more probably discerning viewer um, that is being attracted to that sort of programming. And I see that probably as being the way 7.2 will be uh, positioned in the future. But it is still largely an alternative to 7. Um, and yes, there have been some changes to uh, the programming on the channel, but only in response to uh, the viewer's appetite. Mm. What we're trying to do is cater to what they want. And I have to say in that that channel has continued to grow uh, week by week. It is the number one digital channel 25 plus um, and you know that's something that is a key goal for the channel mm. um, and the changes have been as I say only due to what the viewers are telling us they want. Right um, and have you got any other titles coming up for 7-2 that, that you can mention? Uh, look I, I think you can expect to see uh, some more lifestyle blocks on 7-2 because Again, viewers are showing us um, that's what they want. You know, on Friday nights after Better Homes and Gardens on 7-2, um, you know, a certain percentage of that audience is going over to... to um, Escape to the country. ...is going to 7-2 to, to watch more lifestyle. Mm. So I think, again, just listening to what the viewers want, um, you know, you're probably likely to see more of that. And, and, you know, also we're seeing that advertisers are wanting that sort of programming as well. But um, look, there'll be more British drama because, uh, and more British comedy because, again, the audience is telling us that's what they want. Mm. Um, and so with all these multi-channels on now, um, just question, will there be a, a summer non-ratings period for these channels or are you, are you expecting to continue sort of first-run content through summer? Mate, there is no non-ratings period that I'm aware of. <laughs> uh, let me just say that. We get ratings every day at 8.30 and that includes Christmas Day. And um, that's the way we're set up. Um, and certainly I regard the what might be referred to as the traditional non-ratings period as a bit of an opportunity for those um, digital channels. It's a time when the competition uh, might not be as fierce as it normally is uh, during the other 42 weeks of the year or whatever it is. So therefore there's a chance to attract mm. people to the regular programming on those digital channels. So yeah, I don't, 
If there's a non-ratings period, please, someone, let us know about it. Well, I mean, there has to be a non-ratings period. I mean, you're not showing uh, Pact of the Rafters and Desperate Housewives and Criminal Minds and all, all that sort of first-run content. So, I mean, that's where that comes from, I guess, saying there's, there's a non-ratings period. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not a non-ratings period because we're still getting ratings. Mm. <laughs> and, I mean, it's still competitive. You know, certainly... We never put down the tools at seven. I mean, you know, for Christmas or, or for that six weeks. Basically, we're using that time to try things. We're using that time to get ready for 2011. And in the case of seven mate and seven two, we'll be using that time to try and um, attract viewers to shows they might not necessarily have seen before. Yeah. Now, stand by for one of the uh, biggest gripes uh, questions, but this this one's um, aimed at all the channels, so uh, see if we can get a response from you. It's just regarding the HD service. I mean, a, a lot of people, oh, they're getting their HD channels. That means they can see all their big programs on, on HD. Um, but all of the channels are basically losing their HD service to the multi-channels. So, so that means all the, the, the big main shows that they want to see in HD, they can't. Um, I'm just wondering, is that a temporary thing before the switch off? And, and are you expecting Seven perhaps to shift their primary channel back to HD once, once the, you know, the, the switch off occurs? I would expect it to be temporary. Um, and I would expect that at some point in the future, probably all the channels will move at the same time. I don't know. I'm just making an assumption. Uh, probably using common sense more than anything else, but I would certainly hope that that's the situation. Okay, excellent. Um, main channel now. Um, I just want to have a, a look back, a look at now and, and a look at the future. Start with Sunrise uh, this year. It had been dominant for a very long time. It got, a, I would say, a bit of a scare when uh, Lisa Wilkinson joined today. Today started regularly winning Melbourne, um, but Sunrise remained dominant nationally. And now there's a new resurgence in, in Sunrise, regularly getting over 400k in the morning and, and dominating in all cities, including Melbourne. Um, what are you putting this down to? Because I haven't seen too many on-air changes or, or massive changes in the last few months. Yeah, look, I don't... Shows that are on every day like that, I think it's folly to look at a, a very narrow band or a narrow time period um, and say, oh, there's a, a trend here. I mean, you have to look over years, I think, with shows like that. And Sunrise has um, been dominant and, and is now, again, and, and I think, you know, you can look at what either channel did uh, with either show for a period of a month or, or two months. But I tend to look at shows like that that are on every day over a much longer time period than even, say, uh, three months or four months. I mean, I think you've got to look at it over years, really, because that's the name of the game with those, with those shows. Mm. Um, and, and then following that, the, the morning show... Um, I would also it... say, though, that I think Sunrise is an excellent show. Um, and the thing about the team on Sunrise is that they never really... Uh, rest. They never stop trying to improve that show. They never, never sort of say, "Oh, well, that's good enough. Uh, we'll just punch that out every day." 
there's just not that ethos uh, amongst that group. That group um, is just totally geared towards continuous improvement. They're always challenging themselves to try new things on that show or to improve the things that have worked on the show to make them work even better. Mm. I think the, the fact they're not don't seem to be just a bunch of presenters either. It really is a family. You sort of turn on and you can see that they're all quite close and all that kind of that kind of thing too. So um, I think well, that... That's right, and I think that extends both sides of the camera with that mob. It certainly does. We've got our own name for them in here, but I won't go on. <laughs> <laughs> Very flattering, though. Um, look, the morning show as well, following that... Um, I'm just wondering what you attribute its success to. Now, you can't sort of say, well, it's got no competition. I mean, they've got the legend of Carrie-Anne as competition and, and the Circle Girls are um, doing quite well too, but, but the morning show just keeps on keeping number one. I mean, what do you think that's about? Uh, I think some of it is due to the lead-in it gets from Sunrise, but that would be unfair on the crew working on the morning show. And I'm not going to bag uh, the shows that are against it because I don't tend to talk about the opposition at all, their shows or their networks or anything. But I'm happy to talk about the morning show because the reason it's number one is it is a great show. It is really well put together. Um, it is vibrant, full of energy. Um, Larry and Kylie uh, work so well together um, and it's entertaining. I mean, you can sit there and watch that show. I often um, have the volume on in my office. You get distracted by the <laughs> show. I mean, it hoovers up 10, 15 minutes at a time because it is just so well made. It bounces along from one thing to the next. It's chock full of interesting content. You know, it's a great credit to Michael Pell and Adam um, and everyone who, who works on that show. It, it is it is fabulously entertaining viewing, and both it and Sunrise, I mean, there are many aspects of the, those shows that would fit very comfortably in a primetime show. Mm. Um, the morning to the afternoon, deal or no deal, you've got to say it's, been, it's got a bit of a shake from hot seat these days. Is, is it panic stations at seven? Would you continue with the format, try a new show, revamp it, or, or is it just business as usual? No, it's pretty much business as usual. I mean, the one thing we never do is panic. I mean, why would you panic? Then you've got to deal with the panic and whatever challenge it is that you happen to be panicking about. So there's never any cause to panic. But deal or no deal keeps on keeping on. Uh, it's been... We were, we were the first territory in the world to strip that show. Um, I actually saw the creator of um, the show last week uh, in Europe he is, let me tell you, so happy that uh, the show is continuing to do so well here uh, in a stripped version, obviously, because he makes more money out of it. But, um, I mean, the show does keep on keeping on. Andrew, you know, again, keeps uh, pushing the envelope on the show and making sure that it doesn't become too samey. Um, sure, uh, it may be uh, harder than it was, but... Deal or no deal has proved to be durable over the years, and I'm quite confident that that'll last for quite a few years yet. And uh, a show that uh, is started huge and is remaining huge, still sitting around uh, two million a week, packed to the rafters. 
Um, I gather the ink has been signed for 2011, and I'm just asking if everyone's coming back. Uh, we're still working through that um, as to whether everyone's coming back. And, and also, I wouldn't go into that because um, it may be a spoiler for some people. Um, but definitely the show uh, is coming back. Um, and yeah, it is still pulling on consolidated figures because this is the one of the most watched shows on um, PBRs. That show just belts it out of the park every week. Mm. And the audience is extremely uh, loyal to the show. They're there week in, week out. Um, and really, it's. I was looking at the uh, performance series by series. It's continued to grow each series, um, bigger and bigger. There are very few dramas of that Australian dramas of that length that have been able to pull that off. Mm. Again, a great credit to the people uh, involved. In making that show, yeah, they they do a great job, and um, not not just because you're on on the line here, but uh, just for also viewers, the show after it is just one of my favourite shows on television, Parenthood. So if anyone oh, hasn't, yeah. to I love, love it. that show, love 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 that show, I, and it just keeps getting better. Dax Shepherd, his character is um, is just hilarious. And I, I just, there's something, it's a bit like Brothers and Sisters, a sort of a slightly cooler version of Brothers and Sisters, but it's a bit edgier, it's certainly funnier, uh, which is not to bag Brothers and Sisters, because that's also a great show, and that really improved last mm. series, and I expect that to kick on. But Parenthood is a special show, and it's, it's amazing how well that it, it sits with rafters. Mm. Yeah, love it. Um, more Australian drama now. Um, City Homicide, not having a great run. In fact, one could say the figures were a bit disappointing. Now, I'm just wondering if you think it's the show itself or has the police format run its course at war for at least 2010? I say this because it's not just City Homicide. Rush, Cops, LAC, res Rescue Special Ops, they're not doing anything overly fantastic sitting on a million or just under a million What's going on with, with um, well, I mean, I suppose you can answer it for City Homicide or, or, or the genre in, in particular. Well, I think it's, there's no question that the genre has become suddenly quite crowded. I mean, there are, as you've sort of listed there, a lot of Australian dramas with a lot of uniform action uh, going on. City Homicide was the first uh, of the, the sort of new breed uh, and enjoyed extremely strong ratings uh, when it was on its own. Now, um, the ratings are still respectable, um, but it's certainly not rating at the level that it was when it started. Maybe the two things, uh, you know, those two facts, you put them together, maybe it's not a coincidence. Maybe it's become so crowded, the genre, that it's going to be hard for any one show to kick ahead. I still do think City Homicide probably leads all those other shows. Uh, in terms of uh, total audience. And again, it's a show that's heavily PVR'd, so on consolidated figures, um, it looks even stronger. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that could be a possible reason. Um, I'll say this about the current episodes of City Homicide, they are excellent and they keep getting better. And the thing about that show is the performances of the artists involved. I mean, you've got 
uh, you know, long, uh, well, veterans, I hope she doesn't mind me saying that, like Noni Hazelhurst um, and Shane Bourne and David Field, these guys, and their performances are just superb on that show. And it, mm. it really is uh, the quality of the episodes is really a testament to their work. They've never dropped the ball. They've never hung their heads. Um, you know, they keep putting in absolutely superb work. And, you know, I commend anyone who's dropped off that show to go back and have a look because these episodes are at least as good as, and if not better, than the episodes that started that show. Mm. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, look at the current schedule. X Factor started. I'm disappointed, but only for the fact that the person that I actually thought was going to win the X Factor, and I put, well, not so much my money, but thoughts behind and thought this is going to be the uh, the one to win the X Factor, actually got eliminated first on uh, on uh, Monday. <laughs> Chris Doe, I thought he had it. I thought he had it. <laughs> uh, well, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the way Australia voted, and they sort of didn't see it the way you did, but... Um no, I get into these um, shows, and I'm certainly into the X Factor in a big way. Um, uh, that's a bit sad for you know probably someone like me to admit, but but maybe not. I mean, It Takes Two was one of my all-time favourite shows that we've ever done here at Seven. Mm. You know, I've got my own uh, favourite. I admit to being uh, an Altian fan, and um, it, no, you know, no. I, I hope that he lasts um, quite a long time and and goes uh, deep into the competition. Were you expecting a bit more though from the from the X Factor? It's sitting, you know, around that one million mark, and it, it really has an uphill climb. You'd have to say with Junior MasterChef and Com Games coming up, it's. It's been think? look. It's been a little higher than that one million. I think that's slightly unfair. I don't want to have a blue with you, but uh, you know that was the night of the the Brownlow Medal, uh, which is anomalous. Um, you know, I looking at the show. Uh, in terms, if you look at the show market by market, it's absolutely huge in Sydney. I mean, it's doing a 27, 28 share in Sydney. So if we can get it to do that in all the other markets, we're off to the races. And I believe that that is possible. I believe just looking at the online activity uh, with the show that keeps growing and growing, I think that you know people are going to come to the show. Also, we know that people are flicking around a lot when, when there is strong competition against the show. The reach of the show on Monday night was over 1.6 million. So that's over 1.6 million people who've come in and watched at least some of The X Factor. And certainly when it came time to see who was going to be eliminated, the audience really spiked. So there is a strong interest in the show. I think the show is exceptionally made. I think the guys at Fremantle have done a super job. Um, in executing the show, Simon Cow has told them that he thinks it's actually, um, you know, right up there, if not better, than the UK version, and I tend to agree with that. Um, you know, also I have to say our show is being broadcast in New Zealand uh, by TV3. They're using all our assets in terms of marketing. The show is absolutely huge in New Zealand, so it is a bit of a function of the competition of the environment. But I still believe in the X Factor. I'm keeping the faith, and I'm enjoying watching it personally. My family, uh, you know, is is certainly sitting down uh, right on 7:30 to uh, not miss a minute of it. 
and you know hopefully um, we'll see it grow. Yeah, look, looking forward to it. Um, it. It really is a hard one, though, in terms of the contestants on there are, are so good. So when you're actually watching, you just think anyone that gets eliminated is actually a shock now, as opposed to when you had Idol on, you thought, well, you know, there's one or two favourites, and you thought, well, if they if they go, it's a shock. But really, at this point already, it's like anyone that goes is a bit of a shock. So um, definitely, definitely watching that one. Um, I know your time is very precious at the moment, so I'll move on to um, just looking ahead, some of the stuff that's coming up. Beauty and the Geek, Australia coming up again. Do you have a date or, or day for that? Is, is there any format changes? What can we expect with uh, Beauty and the Geek? Uh, we can expect a pretty amazing cast. I've seen uh, the cast because obviously we cast it some time ago and I have just this morning taken delivery of the first rough cut of episode one, which I'll be taking on on uh, holidays with me. Um, but just judging by the cast, I expect it to be A, heaps of fun, and B, extremely funny. Okay. Um, after the Com Games, I'd imagine, for that one? Yeah. Some of the last part of the year? I'm not going to tell you where or when, because I know you want to know, but I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we're going to assume it's after the Commonwealth Games, but who knows where it's going to end up. Um, you also just announced the new Australian drama for 2011, Winners and Losers. Tell us a bit more about that. Fantastic pilot. It's from um, the creators of Pack to the Rafters. Bevan Lee, um, you know, has written the pilot. Uh, and it is, yeah, I mean, the research on it is absolutely through the roof. It's got the same feel as Pack to the Rafters, you know, which one might describe as a sort of charmity. Um, it's uh, the story of four girls um, who at school may have been considered losers yep. uh, and they are readying themselves for their 10-year reunion, which they attend uh, during the pilot. And I don't want to give it away, but their lives change. Um, and once you get to the end of that pilot, you'd crawl over broken glass to get to episode two. And you can't ask for much more from a showmaker than that feeling. Mm. And uh, it looks like with the cast and stuff, you've sort of done a little bit packed to the rafters style in, in the sense that you've got a couple of you know, well-known stars in there, but you've also mixing it up with, a, with a, a fresh new cast for people to be introduced to as well. Yep, that's, that's exactly right. I was talking about that cast with the boss this morning. Um, you know, there are a couple of uh, people who will be known to the audience, but there are also a couple of uh, standouts uh, that will not be known to the audience. And I think, you know, we'll, we, you're probably going to see a couple of new stars out of Winners and Losers, just as Rafters has given us a whole bunch of new stars. Excellent. Um, just a couple of uh, shows now that either haven't returned or people have asked about or... or what what what's happening with these shows? Uh, so maybe in a a word or a sentence, uh, TV Burp they said was going to come back maybe this year hasn't is that finished? I personally, I personally love that show. I'd love to bring it back. I don't have the budget to do it right now, but one day that show will come back and it will work. Excellent. Yeah, I love that one. Triple uh, Zero Heroes hasn't seen not, that for a while. Not not going to come back. A medical emergency? There hasn't been any new uh, episodes. Still, we're still uh, coming soon to seven, so you know, haven't made a, a call on um, on doing more series, but certainly we have an unplayed series that's coming soon to seven. Okay, last chance surgery. Don't think that'll be 
uh, coming back. I think that observational documentary area is sort of being saturated. Seven was first to the sort of campground. We set up various tents. Now we poke our head outside the tent and see a whole bunch of other tents that aren't ours. Mm. Um, I, I think probably, um, you know, not going to come back. Beyond the Darklands, that one? I guess a bit similar, the true crime genre. I think, you know, probably getting overcrowded. Uh, don't think we'll be going back there. All right. Um, marriage ref, what, what's happening with that? They had, you had the Australian version, then a, and then there was talk that the US version was was coming up soon, and then that, that whole show disappeared. What's happening? Still a work with... in progress, so uh, sort of in a holding pattern. Uh, oh, nothing really to report fresh there at the moment. Are we going to see the US uh, one on seven or one of the multi-channels? Yeah, still, still in a holding pattern because you just got to be careful about running the American version of something when you might have the Australian version coming, etc. Sure. And the last one, um, you Dancing with the Stars America. Now you sort of alluded to on another uh, podcast, not with me, but on another one they were talking about. Said, "Oh, this would be really good for seven too." And and you were I having a you were having a look into that. I don't do podcasts with just anyone. I don't recall another podcast, but anyway. Uh, that was with Media Week. The stars, we, we would... Who? Media Week? Yeah. Who are they? Oh, no. who, I no. don't know. Who are they exactly? Um, but uh, Dancing with the Stars Dancing America. Dancing with the Stars US. Problem is the cast, some of the cast, like, and it's absolutely huge, I might add. Uh, it's over 20 million viewers it's come back with. Um, some of the cast, like the Hoff, you know who's actually dancing with uh, Kim Wilson, Australia's Kim Wilson. Um, but Johnson. some of the cast you don't know. So as to whether or not it eventually appears on 7-2, it's a possibility, uh, but it's not a definite. Mm. All right. Um, fast tracking. I, Nine announced this morning they've got uh, two and a half men, the Mentalist, Big Bang Theory, CSI, coming up this year. Are, are you planning on fast tracking anything this year, uh, any of the big shows? Um, we've certainly had discussions, but I'm not prepared to uh, divulge the decision at this stage. All right. Um, the event starts on Monday as well. Anything you want to mention about that? Um, obviously, it's a big show. opened up uh, pretty big in America as well, so that starts Monday at 8.30. It did. It, it, you know, considering it's on NBC and it had Chuck as a leading, that was a pretty phenomenal result for the event. <laughs> um, Look, it's a very, very good pilot. It's a thrill ride. Um, but let's be realistic. Our audience is, in Australia is smart. And they have had, you know, lost heroes, fast forward, uh, flash forward, <laughs> not fast forward, flash forward. <laughs> These shows have started huge and then really sort of basically lost their way after a while. Less so with lost, um, but, but certainly heroes and... Um, uh, flash forward. Um, in our discussions with NBC, we've made it clear that you know there are some pretty basic um, mistakes that we think were made. They keep saying that they have learnt from experience. Time will tell. Um, certainly, I've heard episode two of the event is excellent, and I can promise anyone that if they tune in to see episode one, they won't be disappointed. It's a real thrill ride, very well executed, and um, it's edge of your seat stuff. 
Excellent. That's Monday, 8.30 on 7. Um, and anything you can tell us about that's coming up? I, I mean, I know Iron Chef is coming. You've already announced that one. Is, it, is there anything you want to mention that's coming up for the rest of the year? Uh, Iron Chef looks amazing. Um, and I can let slip that I'm pretty sure one of the Iron Chefs gets beaten at some point during the series, uh, which is a rarity. Mm. Um, beyond that, we're just casting Conviction Kitchen for next year, which, yep. you know, if you know much about the format, all of the cast are, have a conviction or they're on probation for one thing or another. So mm. that has been a fascinating and, I have to say, extremely emotional process casting that show. But... Um, you know, if that casting process is anything to go go by, that is going to be an absolutely gripping series. Yeah. Okay. So a couple more cooking shows this or this year and and next year. I'm sure that's going to happen with the other networks too. Um, excellent. Look forward to those. Continue to wish the network all the best moving forward. And with Seven Mate, which launches after the AFL Grand Final this weekend, Tim, I know your time is very valuable. Um, and I know you're off uh, taking a well-deserved break, so have a great holiday. Well-deserved, and um, thank you for Mate, joining us. about and... four days. Oh, is that it? <laughs> I, assumed, that, yeah. I assumed I heard you were having annual leave. I assumed that meant you were taking a few weeks off or something. No, annual leave for about four days and then uh, back on a plane. But that's life. I'm not complaining. Um, and don't forget, when you're on annual leave, the ratings still come through at 8.30. They do. Well, it's still well-deserved break, at least for four days. Anyway, thanks for joining us on the... Um, no uh, worries, mate. Call. Have a great day. You too. See ya.